Hey, everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. My co-host, Biscuit Reynolds, is enjoying his meal. <laughs> so he's declined to participate, and that's okay. Um, I love a geriatric cat who wants to be eating and drinking. That's a good sign of life. Uh, today's episode is so special. I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, Alicia, the naughty fairy. Uh, she's a candle maker and a psychic and a witch and a tarot reader and just a delight to learn from. And she actually introduced me to um, Breed or Bridget, uh, who is the mother of all fae and a goddess and um, just has a lot to offer. I've been working with her since, uh, I mean, basically, Alicia handed me a candle the first time I met her. Like we talked for over an hour. I got a tarot reading. It was Valentine's Day. She's doing a special. And um, so then I just like, you know, I have this count. Biscuit Reynolds is here. But what good luck to have a feline overlord for our show. Uh, and anyway, so it was just such a delightful thing. And it just sparked my interest. So then I read a book about breed. And um, yeah, just it, she's the spark in the ember of uh, the hearth, right? And just imagine 500 years ago how important having that spark and that ember was for the your sustained comfort and eating and all of the things you need warmth for, especially in an Irish winter, right? So anyway, I'm excited. And, and bulk is her holiday, and that's the where we're at in the wheel of the year, um, if you're listening to this podcast when it arrives. But of course, we believe in asynchronous intimacy here at uh, my podcast, because you can listen to this 20 years from now, hopefully, if the internet still exists. <laughs> you can listen to it two weeks from now, whatever. Okay. Um, today's episode uh, is brought to you by, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's this is a casual deal, but I work for now a boutique hotel in downtown Port Townsend, which is literally right around the corner from Alicia's store called The Chandlery. Um, in Port Townsend. You can buy Alicia's candles online, so worldwide. Um, but if you want to take a trip to Port Townsend, I would highly recommend staying at the Washington Port Townsend, which is boutique suites. There are three suites that you can rent, all three of them, if you can figure out the reservation uh, for three folks or three teams of people. Um, various bed configurations. A couple of the rooms have little living rooms. Um, there, It's basically a plug and play retreat. There's games and puzzles and all the things you need to be comfortable uh, there. There's like this cute little eat nook where there's like oatmeal, which I'm always like packing all the things that I think I might need on a trip. And this would be like, if I knew all these amenities, like there's little packets of oatmeal so you can have your own breakfast. And uh, of course there's coffee and tea and cocoa and Alexis who runs it is one of my besties. And she is just, she's a Sagittarius and the consummate hostess. Like she really does think of all the delights. And it's funny, the other day I was telling her, I hope that we get to be Earthside together for a very long time, but I'm always going to remember that you had snacks on hand for me all the time. Like just always little snacks. Uh, and so it's just a delight. The The hotel is beautiful and um, I'm grateful to get to work with them. And um, anyway, so if you book, uh, it's booking, like you go to, I'm looking at the website just to make sure I tell it to you right. And I'll put, link this in the show notes, thewashingtonpt.com. And in your Airbnb uh, inquiry, 
put Bevan's party in there. Bevan's party is my Instagram name. You could just drop my name, Bevan. I'm sure she'll know. Um, and you get $25 off your reservation plus a special gift when you arrive, which I'm also contributing to the special gift. So um, I hope you'll consider a trip to Port Townsend. It is, I live in paradise. I truly do. I moved from LA like on a whim, not on a whim. I moved from LA kind of out of desperation for not wanting to toil anymore to stay in LA, um, even though I actually really do miss it. But um, I love where I live. I live in paradise. The Olympic Peninsula is like extraordinary. Um, the San Juan Islands are extraordinary. And that's all just right here. So um, consider a visit. Um, and uh, the naughty fairy uh, who makes these candles at the Chandlery in Port Townsend um, has a special code for listeners of the podcast. It's Bevan Love 10. And I'll put that in the show notes also. So the description of the episode, you can just look in there. And um, that'll be there for you to get 10% off your candle order. And I just could not recommend more all of her scents. We talked through some of the different spell candles she has and scents that she has, but I just, they're all very, very good, very high quality candles. Uh, they burn forever, which I love. And in these dark times, cozy things, candles, all the little luxuries that you can dress your life up with. Like, I think, you know, like things like tea, which I love so much, and candles, which I love so much, are kind of affordable luxuries. I mean, kind of depending on where you get it. But I like to put my money right into people's hands. And like when you support Alicia or the Washington PT, you're supporting family-owned businesses, not some big co corporation shareholder, um, big candle. <laughs> you're not supporting big candle. You're supporting family candle, you know, and that matters to me. Um, I think our most important assets are our time, talents, and treasure and um putting those intentionally into the world is so important so anyway thank you for being here thanks for sharing this time with me and biscuit reynolds and alicia on with the show alicia the naughty fairy welcome to the podcast hello hello i'm so glad to have you here um i always like to start business in the front so please tell us about who you are and what you offer well, my name is Elysia. Um, I'm also known as the Naughty Fairy and have been for about 20 years at this point. And uh, I started making jewelry and then it turned into more consumable stuff as well because, well, making jewelry is kind of hard on the hands a little bit. And uh, so I wanted to be outside of that. And I started developing scents and making uh, candles. Originally, incense was the first thing that I really started. And then I started making candles to um, for other people, other companies, um, along with myself, because I wanted to do Wheel of the Year candles. And, you know, the scents were just starting to pick up, but I just couldn't get over the hump to start my own business. So I was making candles for another, for another store. And, you know, that put extra money in my pocket. And that's all I ever really thought of it for a while was that bit. And um, now, you know, I own a store and never thought I'd own a brick and mortar. That's a totally different kettle of wax, if you will. And we do have an online store as well. But yeah, it's starting to really pick up, which is scary and wonderful at the same time. Oh, I, I mean, that's the the journey of alignment. It feels like a jolly free fall because like you don't know how oh, yeah. it's going to come together. Like you have the idea of what you want, but you don't know how it's coming together. And like 
you kind of have to give up a lot in order to pursue your dreams. And like some of what you give up is safety and security. So. Yeah. yeah it, it's been, uh, especially five or six years of pure free fall to yeah. a lot of degree for a number of reasons. The business was just kind of thrown into the, uh, into the pile along with a bunch of other things that led up to where we are today. Um, the business is in Port Townsend, Washington, which is yes. totally worth your visit. Um, and it's down a little flight of stairs in an historic building right off of Water Street. Or the building's on Water Street, but like the staircase is right off of Water Street on time. Yeah, we're on we're on the corner of Taylor and Water. Taylor and and it is one of the older buildings, which was built in nineteen or eighteen ninety, excuse me. And um it's is kind of one of the more plain looking buildings, but at the same time, it's got a lot of character downstairs where we're at, which everybody thinks is a dungeon when they first looked at look at it. And then we're the best smelling gut. We've had this before. Many people have told us, oh, it looks like Undertown, um, Seattle. And I said, yes, but we smell better. And we have confirmation on that, just saying. Yes. <laughs> I will also say just from an energetic standpoint, it feels great there. Like the energy is bright and light, which is not what you think from a sort of a darker area, like a, a basement dungeon sort of vibe. Like, yeah, and it is, yeah. ah, it's just extraordinary. Like the light and the energy that you bring to that space. Um, and Jordan, your husband, who's, you know, friendly behind the cash register. Oh uh, God. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He is a he is a very pivotal part of our business for a lot of reasons. He's such a good Leo. Like he is. <laughs> I love Leo so much. And he's just such a bright, shining Leo. And then you're just the perfect Scorpio witch. <laughs> I don't know about perfect, but I, I definitely try and do my best, that's for sure. I just mean perfect, like the archetype of, of what you think a Scorpio witch is gonna be. Uh and like, you know, just sharp, psychic, uh, like you when you get a tarot reading, because you also do tarot, so people can book tarot yes. readings with you too. Um, yes. And like, when I get a tarot reading from you, it's so funny because I'm always checking in with my psychic friends about like workflow and like what makes sense. And like, you're like, yeah, I can do fast tarot readings because you don't dress up things. Like you're not worried about people pleasing. You're like right to the point about like, what is the information instead of, you know, over well, when, when you become a... Uh... Uh, when you've done as many clients as, you know, a lot of clients at one point in time, which I've been doing tarot for about 20, 25 years. Um, and then a lot of it, a, a huge bulk of that was professionally, meaning you can have anywhere between three clients a day to 30 clients a day, especially if you're doing a psychic fair. Then it gets to the point where some people, you know, it could be very robotic uh, some people it can be, I mean, even the way that I started laying down cards really has evolved and changed uh, very organically as well. And so you start to get out of your own way and just be able to turn that. I, I like the fact that I learned how, and I'm so blessed and thankful that I did, learned how to turn a lot of things on and off like a light switch. So I don't necessarily love when people walk in they're like, oh, read me, read me, read me. And I'm like, why? Why do you want a reading? It's it, it's like asking a person to do math on, on the fly just because they know how to do math really well or higher math. It, it's not something that is just for fun, which it can be. It is for entertainment 
you know, uses only as we're supposed to say. Um, but uh, at the same time, there again, there's a lot of people out there who are just out to get as much of your money as possible. And I'm not like that. Quick and dirty is what I like. Scorpio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. What are some of your best-selling candle scents and candle purposes? Because you sell like both really just delicious smelling candles for having around your home and you have ritual candles available as well. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, well, I'm going to start with the ritual candles for just a second. They're called spell shots and they are small, but mighty little candles that are no more than what, uh, two inches high, three inches high. Um, my husband's, he's fla doing flash numbers at me across the room, but, Hi, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, uh, they're quick and dirty and we have 11 of them right now, which we might expand uh, that number at one point in time. But some of the biggest ones, and most most of the time people buy them just because of the names, because I have that snarky, sarcastic wit. Mm -hmm. And uh, so like right off the bat, Back Off Bitch, if you will, is one of our top selling ones just because of the name. And then people smell it and they're sitting there going, wow, it doesn't even smell half bad. No, it doesn't. But it has all the ingredients in there that do kind of ask for, you know, higher help as well as set down some boundaries as well as help you boost your confidence to be able to get, you know, get across the threshold so that people don't, you know, tromp all over you the way that they usually do. Um, uh, another one that's a really big seller, of course, is Focus, damn it. Again, that funny, <laughs> you know, and it was, it, it was just, I got, I was asked a lot by people for study aids, for getting them over the hump to help them focus to study for this, that, or other classes. And I am started thinking, I, I don't necessarily have ADHD, but I definitely have procrastination problems. And I'm like, I'm definitely not the only person in this world who has these problems. So I started trying to come up with something. And most of the sense Yes, there's a practical application that I do research and try and use, um, uh, you know, aromatherapy in, but also I try and use, you know, herbs and oils that are associated with certain things to try and help push you through, give you comfort so that you don't have that overwhelming feeling um, to, you know, when you're looking, when you're looking at a really, really, really big mess, it's easy to shut down and not want to do it. And uh, especially also if you haven't studied enough for something, that it, that can be daunting as well. So it does address that along with the practicality of, okay, let's get down to it and just help you, give you that a little bit of that extra push to focus. Does it work for everyone? No, but not everything in life does too. So that's the way we look at it. And then the third one I think that would be the most popular after that would be Manifesting Queen. That's kind of obvious. Um, it's named uh, because one of my friends, she calls, she goes by the name of Intuitive Shauna, and she's just, she's also a wonderful witch and psychic as well. Um, but she, uh, every time I have a down moment, I often will talk to her and she'll be like, bitch, please, you're the manifesting queen. Shut the hell up. Just think it and you'll do it. That's what you got this, you got this, you got this. And all when you just thought about it and it showed up. So shut up. 
is what she usually says to me. So manifesting queen is a lot about that. And it sweetens the pot and it adds, you know, it, it calls to the type spirits and kind of feeds them enough to bring you, in essence, what you need. Um, most people want to overuse that. And uh, I've been asked to create it into just a scent, which I won't do because it could be overused. And and that just kind of uh, affects that balance. You know, you can ask for a lot of things, but do you really need it? And are you are you affecting that balance, you know, too much? And so uh, that's where a lot of it comes from. And then I guess our scented candles. Ooh, blissful sleep, but that is kind of witchy in a way. It um was witchy. I mean, like it's all made yeah. witch with some intention. So, you know, uh, but it's not candle magic in the same way that like a money mm -hmm. shot or money shot. No. I love to buy uh Alicia's candles as gifts. They're such easy gifts to give. Money shot is my favorite to buy. And then when someone's going through a hard time and I send a care package, I like psychic trash. Um oh yeah. Another funny one. That one, that one, Psychic Trash is great for anybody who works with the public or works for mul with multiple people, or even if you're just that friend that everybody just dumps all of their emotional baggage onto, and we need those friends, but as those friends, we don't need to hang on to all the baggage, the information, yes, and how to help, but not the baggage, and that's what Psychic Trash does, and it's very simple, and it it's such a simple scent and such an easy scent, but it it again it's that practicality i used to have it that developed when i was doing readings mm. and just to keep me clean yeah oh my god it's one of the most important things i do is my salt bath like a couple times a week is just to keep me clean mm -hmm. i don't need it i need to carry it like being a focused listening friend is such a gift to give the present moment to somebody else and to let it go like you don't have to dwell in it yeah yeah. And, you know, another thing that some people, this is slightly off topic for a second, but another thing that people don't always do when they give that information, you are not one of these people, by the way, <laughs> but it is uh, sometimes people get who give that those suggestions or, or what have you, they have a tendency to get upset when a person doesn't take them and run with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to give advice, much like, you know, to a certain degree to give money is one of those things where you kind of, you kind of have to do it with the expectation that it, they're not going to follow through with it. And that's their decision because what free will, free will is all about. And, you know, money, it's kind of that gift. And if you get it back, bonus. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, okay. What are your, sorry, we, you know what, this is an ADHD podcast. <laughs> We, I like to have multiple conversation threads going at once. So let's go back to like, your top selling scents. And I will tell you my favorite of your scents was Ride'em Cowboy from, uh, I met you on Valentine's Day last year. And uh, it, like I bought that candle and I immediately came back and bought another one because I loved it so much. It's just like a nice yummy man scent, like very masculine. Um, oh, God, I love that scent. Okay, tell me what your top selling scents are. Top selling scents would be Blissful Sleep. Mm -hmm. uh oddly enough a scent called fairy farts that's just also again the funny naming way to go mm -hmm. uh fairy forest which is uh designed to be a walk through the forest including the loamy ground at the bottom 
the trees that are surrounding you and then you know that hint of sun filtering through the trees which is just a touch of citrus that um you know to filter that through along with that little bit of you know mysticism that that uh that fairy energy sometimes spring just to make you feel like oh you're not alone but you're not unsafe that kind of feeling yeah, um that's a big deal like one of the mm -hmm. things that's giving me a lot of power in this time um, is just releasing this idea that I need to rehearse responsibility, that I am just enough. Mm -hmm. It's also helping with procrastination. I am enough for the task that's in front of me right now. And like, yes. this is what I can give it. I can't be perfect because I've tried and it's, it's not, it's like, it's just not available. And so therefore I can just be enough where I'm at understanding I'm developing. I'm 1% better every day. So I'll be better at the next task tomorrow, but I'm not going to be given more than I can handle, even if it doesn't feel like I can handle it. You'll be happy to know that um, Naughty Fairy Creations, when it when it came about, because that's what the LLC is, uh -huh. um, that's the real business name, is uh, came about because being good is overrated. Being perfect is overrated. You know, being just right is overrated. It's just about. Uh, I have a sticker on my on my computer that used to say, "You were born an original. Stop trying to be a copy." Yes. And the, those little things I, I put on my computer just to, you know, remind me, you know, and I have little things around my desk and everything like that. You probably do the same that I can just catch out of the corner of my eye because I don't believe in coincidence, co coincidences. Sorry, I have a chipped tooth, so it's really messing with my mouth right now. Um <laughs> So those, I don't believe in coincidences. So when you happen to catch something out of the corner of your eye, it's kind of like, look at me, look at me. And um, I put those things in place to remind myself, hey, you know, shut up, head down. You're still doing what you're doing. It Just keep going. Yeah. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, that kind of stuff. Yes. One of the little things I have above my stove says, uh, it's a Mr. Rogers picture. And it says, the greatest gift you can give is your authentic self. Absolutely. And I, I do believe that we're lacking a lot of that in this world right now. And that's kind of a, a very sad and frustrating thing um, yes. to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is really sad. I really want more people to just feel emboldened that they have a unique gift to give and that all they need to do is just be themselves and keep releasing. Um, I, there's a Joyce Carol Oates quote that my teacher Leah Garza loves, which is I'm never changing. I'm just becoming more myself because we're yes. conditioned in society to be like everyone else to stay safe. And then as we realize, oh, actually, <laughs> you're just yeah. not that stuff that's not really you. And as a person who never felt like she felt, you know, really fit into anything, even when, you know, even when I was, I was a cheerleader in high school. Oh my God. Um, I was. I, I was a varsity cheerleader, cheerleader in high school. Oh my I gosh. And everything. I, um, I was a cheerleader in high school. I wanted to try out and I just felt like as a fat girl, I shouldn't. And so I didn't. And I I really wish I had. I'm not going to lie. I was one of the bigger people on, on the squad, but I really, you know, back in that time, that was, that was the, you know, late eighties, early nineties. And yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't that big, but at the same time living in LA County, you know, if you are not a size one, then at that time, especially, then you were not even considered in many ways. But I was one of six on the varsity squad. So there's only there's only so many of us. But yeah. Um, but even then, I didn't I didn't quite feel like I fit I fit in. Um, 
I was actually quite proud when one of the uh, the guys who was considered one of the nerds, um, you know, I, there was one day I, I stopped and I saw that he was upset and I, for the life of me, of course, menopause brain, I can't remember his name right this second. And he was sitting on the stairs with a friend and I went over and I, I stopped my conversation and I walked over and I was like, are you okay? You know, do you need any help with anything? Do I need to go beat up someone? Cause I will. And he kind of grinned and he goes, no, I'm cool. You know, but thank you for asking. And I said, no, no problem. Anytime, just let me know. And, uh, you know, walked away with my friend, but I did hear cause I had bionic ears back then, especially. And so I heard, um, you know, his friend goes, holy shit, that was one of the cheerleaders that came that came to talk to you. And he's like, no, seriously, she's one of the nice ones. She's like the nicest person. And that just did my heart good because, you know, it, it's one thing to be in a stereotype and it's another thing to break through that stereotype and still feel like you don't belong. And most people don't admit that, but that's where I was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. To be remembered as like one of the nice ones and a kind person like that really matters because people always yeah. remember how you made them feel. They forget what you said, you know, and like, that's uh, not surprising to me because you have, you seem like you've always been really good with people. This goes right into what I wanted to talk about next, which is just like, <laughs> how did you come out as psychic? Was that something you were always aware of? Was it something you kind of experienced as a kid and then stuffed away and then came back to like, what was your process? All of the above, to be honest. Um, it, it's not that being, you know, intuitive or psychic or however you want to phrase it was, you know, ever tamped down. It was always um, encouraged. Sorry. Um, it was always, okay, what are you feeling? Um, later in life, I learned from my dad that I would do really creepy things. Um, like as a, see, my parents were divorced when I was about six or seven. And I guess there was one time when uh, I said to my mom and dad um, that one of their old friends was coming over and he had a present for me. And they're looking at like, we haven't seen this man in a couple of years. How is it that you even know this person's name? Okay. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, he showed up on the, on the porch, you know, front on the, at the front door the next day. And he had this uh, red rocking chair. Uh, for me and he had this little stuffed piggy and uh so I loved you know loved the hell out of that pig and my mom pulled out the pig like I think I was I think I had to be like 18 at the time she pulled it out of this bag so magical this bag right and you couldn't even tell what it was it just looked like a strange little felt football at this point in time you know with just tufts of some for left and I just yelled out my piggy and, but the fact that that man showed up on the doorstep the next day and they hadn't seen him in, in quite some time was like, where'd that come from? Um, you know, of course, moving into puberty, things got worse. I was having multiple nightmares at the time. Um, I ended up having a dream about um, a gentleman who uh, he felt the bed depressed and, you know, heard him say you know Elysia open your eyes and I did and there was a man at the foot of my bed creepy okay uh who was there but wasn't there and he started talking to me and 
it was great and settling and unsettling at the same time. And something made me tell my mom about it the next day. And she, uh, she goes, you know, how's your day? And I said, good, but I had a really strange dream last night. And she, and as I started to tell her about the dream, I was describing the gentleman and I said, what the name that he had given me was Greg. And she goes, she's turning more and more white as uh, it's progressing. And I said, you know, and he, you know, told me that this isn't as bad as it seems, blah, blah, blah. I said, but that wasn't the weird thing. The weird thing was at the very end, he said, but I want you always to remember, I will always watch over you. And at that point in time, I noticed that my mom was really quite white uh, and had this freaked out look on her face and she dropped her fork and left the room. Mm. And of course, me being that person who thinks, I did something wrong. I'm like, did I did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? She goes, no, no, you just kind of described uh, somebody who I used to date right before your father. And I said, okay. His name was Gre Gregory Robinson, and he was actually murdered on the tarmac at Jonestown from Jonestown Massacre. He was the photographer for Senator Ryan, and um, he went to Burbank High with my mom and dad at the same time they did and then moved up to San Francisco. And um, so he was a well-known photographer at that time. And any photograph that you see of Senator Ryan before uh, the actual massacre happened uh, was usually credited to Greg Robinson. So, and the next day happened to be kind of the anniversary and I came home from school and found my mom crying on the couch because she had seen his parents on Oprah Winfrey for the first time in, in years. And but apparently had been when, your dream like a couple days before. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I, apparently when they broke up, uh, he basically said, it's okay, but I want you to remember, I will always watch over your children. And that's why she dropped the fork and left the room. So too many, you know, coincidences. And I always kind of knew things were happening. It, to me, I just thought it was just being able to see, you know, where the patterns were going, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, until the first psychic I ever really met up with who did uh, a reading for me. And uh, she's now since passed, but she read the person who I was, you know, uh, there with, who brought me from work. And... It was so funny. She didn't look at me the whole time. And then she took a long drag from her cigarette, sat her own home at that time, took a long drag from her cigarette, went to go snuff, snuff it out, and then looked at me directly and goes, so how long have you known your psychic? And was like, well, I always thought of myself intuitive. Eh, eh, same thing. How long? Since I was about 14. Bullshit. You've been seeing lights around people since you were five. Busted. Totally. She nailed it. She nailed everything. And then she said, you know, uh, what happened to your stepfather was not your fault. The person who I was with didn't even know I had a stepfather, let alone one who had passed away. And I said, excuse me? She goes, your stepfather's death was not your fault. And at that point in time, it was just mind blowing. So I did take uh, classes with her for about a year and maybe, maybe two. And, uh, that's kind of what started it all. And it was, I was about 25 at the time. So it was about 26 years ago at this point.
Okay. When you see lights around people, what are you seeing? Are you seeing colors or are you seeing like little light bulbs or are they shapes? To me, they're like, uh, they're, uh, think of dust motes, but in color, you know, with little colors and little colors mean certain things to me because that's just kind of the language they've kind of, you know, told me. Um, we all have uh, kind of like a halo, if you will, mm -hmm. around us. And that is kind of the line of intuition, what and everything that is beneath that line or that bubble, if you will, is things, gifts that that person already realizes they have. And then there's some that are floating about that they don't always know what they have. So based on the colors, I would be able to say, yeah, that's a good person to, probably a good person to say hello to, that person not so good. Um, you know, if they were totally devoid of these lights and colors, then I'd be like, mm-mm, 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 bad. You know, I, I would stay away from them. And that was, that's part of my street smarts, I believe, uh, through the years. So it's helped me out a bit, got me out of trouble a couple of times and got me into trouble a few times too, just saying. <laughs> but it's good too. I think a lot of the development of your psychic intuition is just self-trust and imagination and allowing both of those things. And I think we're really trained in our society to not trust ourselves. And so like, yeah. It's, it's interesting how, like, I think when we lean more, I, these are cards I keep pulling lately is just leaning into intuition. Cause again, like trusting myself to be enough in every circumstance means trusting my intuition, trusting and knowing that it's, it has like a library of resources that I don't have to keep up here. Right. Like, yeah. just, right. So like, and everyone gets their like different way that they communicate. And I think the more you develop, um, the more you kind of understand the language right like because when you're a kid mm -hmm. you really understand oh green means this and like you know that kind of thing well, and as a kid you, this is where some people talk about kids not uh you know understanding their former lives if you will if you go that route um which i do to a lot of degree um some kids come in and they just have a knowing and trusting that knowing we many people they lose that trust or that focus or that filter uh, or lack of lack thereof and they slap a filter on it and then okay now we're in you know regular society we don't say those types of things in regular society um because we can't explain them or or what have you mm -hmm. uh, but there's a lot, a lot of kids out there that will talk about things that there's no way that they could know um and when you when you find everybody has that to a certain degree, unless they're a really, 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 really new spirit, but I don't know if there's that many of those anymore, just saying. Um, so like my stepmother, she went into a B-17 um, F-series bomber and she knew what all of the dials and, you know, buttons and everything was for. And she had never been in one before. Um, and she always had a fascination with that. Uh, so I find... I play a game with myself and I have for some time to, uh, when I'm really confused about something, I just say, okay, what's the first thing that comes to mind? And I start going through a whole list of things to da, 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 what's the first thing that comes to mind. And I just kind of click, 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 click. And then I get to the root of the problem uh, or, you know, what is really happening. And uh, when you write those things down, you're going to find that you may be right more often than not. Some people call it their gut instinct, not wrong. It's probably where it comes from, that knowing. Uh, some people, you know, I uh, learned that I'm more of a traditional craft person, 
which is you listen to the blood, listen to your blood, which is your ancestors just coming forward and telling you, you know, hey, this is what we think should happen. Um, this is through our experiences. And I'm not just talking about the ones you may have met in the past, you know, in the current lifetime, uh, but ones you may have never met. Mm -hmm. But it's really quite comforting and wonderful to realize that, you know, in those times of feeling alone, that you're really not, that there are other tools in your arsenal, if you will, on how to get, you know, past X, Y, Z. And I think that's that's uh, not to be morbid, but I think that has pulled the, um, you know, the impulse to no longer be here, if you will, mm -hmm. um, more than once is, you know, during those dark times. It is one of those things that, okay, I think I still have some things to do here. Great. All right. Can we not, can we make it a little easier? No, just saying. <laughs> I keep hearing uh, that Earth is the hardest incarnation our souls can choose. And so it's like coming to the mm -hmm. way. Um, and it's like, you just gotta, for me, it's like centering my life around my mental health, like not getting to that place, because that place has come many, many times. Like yeah. centering myself around what makes me not want to go to that place and what makes me feel more alive and more delighted by the world around me. And it's not other people's ideas for me. It is very much the instinct and the intuition that drives me and the curiosity um, mm -hmm. that leads me versus being stuck in like, you know, some level of people pleasing and doing what other people think will keep me. We are here to have a human experience, no matter how hard it sucks sometimes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, there's, I mean, it's just, it ebbs and flows. And I think, you know, some of the best sucky times I've had were because I had someone in my life or people in my life that helped me find the fun, even if it was mm -hmm. and Agreed. Yeah. How did you start using the moniker, the naughty fairy? It's really silly. Um, so when I started making the jewelry right after it was right after nine 11, when I started making jewelry, to be perfectly honest. And um, uh, I was trying, I was invited to all these, festivals and fairs and like okay what am I going to call myself well I want something because I was heavily into the goth scene, or I say heavily for me it was heavy it wasn't so heavy for other people but I was very much in the goth scene in LA at the point at that point in time and I was like I wanted things that crossed boundaries that that didn't nail me down to you know just oh this is Elysia's jewelry so I was trying to come up with something and I had this great ring that was on my thumb and when I bought the ring, at first I thought it was a fairy ring. And at first I thought, oh, she's she looks very demure. You know, she's like this and and oh, and her wings were were out and it was great. No, on closer inspection, there was one hand cupping her boob and the other one cupping her crotch. And um when I looked at it, it was like, oh, it's a naughty fairy ring. Awesome. That's even better. That's great. So I had no problem with that. And so I'm went to the bathroom the toilet if you will and I'm like thinking 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 as I often overthink damn Scorpio brain and I went to go pull up my underwear and this damn ring pierced my skin and it bled and I was like what the hell and I look at the ring and I remember the, conver the conversation oh it's naughty fairy ring and I said to myself I said it can't be that easy it cannot be that easy and that was seriously how the naughty fairy was born 
I love it. A toilet moment. Um, a toilet moment of all things. No, and a then blood magic for Scorpio. A little blood magic, yeah. <laughs> but it 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 totally, you know, fit. I'm like it crosses many boundaries. It has no limitation. It's just a little bit of intrigue, and you know what? That's kind of how I would like to be seen in some ways and you know get that get that side of me out a little bit more because I was very shy for a long for a long time and um I had some very abusive relationships and I was ready to get out of that and Naughty Fairy absolutely did that for me so Ah, that's how it started oh I love that and how is it okay so there's lots of ways to spell fairy and you Mm -hmm. spell it um wait you spell it so I don't misspell it (laughs) That's okay. It's F A E R Y. Okay. How did you pick With, spelling? Well, I wanted to be a little unusual. Um, plus, there, you know, in all the readings that I've been going through, there were so many different ways to spell fairy. Like you have the Anderson tradition, which is F E R I. You have, you know, the the realm of fairy, F A E R I E. You have, you know, the the normal version if you will f-a-i-r-y um but you know i'd always heard fairies referred to as the fae f-a-e and it just um i saw it i believe it was french i believe it's one of the french versions of it f-a-e-r-y and it just really kind of resonated with me and i believe i did a little bit of the numerology on it and it worked much better i'd have to go back and look at that portion of it but yeah it just kind of clicked I love I was that. really into numerology numerology at that point in time but yeah so many people are into numerology I like I, I feel like I'm adjacent to it like I'm open to it and I I love it but I just go on instinct and usually the numerology lines right up so yeah it's a good tool much like astrology I love astrology but at the same time I don't try and fall down the full rabbit hole of astrology um because I uh, I like it as a tool and definitely look into things of how to prepare myself and what to possibly look out for or change, you know, in general, adjust myself for. But um, I don't need it to be, uh, oh, my God, it's Mercury retrograde. I, I I can't go outside. I can't do anything. I can't sign anything. I don't let it par. I try not to let it paralyze me. That's very wise. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because there's like astrology is just the time on the clock, right? And it's just like, you know, Mercury retrograde is going to be different than a non-Mercury retrograde time because that time yes. is set up for re- for all the rewords, rest, uh, you know, rest, reset. Yes, re- um, <laughs> it's also it's also good. It's also a perfect time to relook at how you're how you address things, and you know. Uh, good time to remind yourself that during those times, if you're still beating your head up against the wall until it's bloody, it might be a good time to readjust and look at a different way of doing that. Because what's the definition of insanity? Keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah. It's also mm-hmm. like there's serendipity in Mercury retrograde. So it's like being open mm-hmm. to spontaneous versus needing to plan everything. And yeah. so it's like, you know, and it's just part the clock of the clock of the world and i like to say astrology isn't really to be believed it's to be experienced um mm-hmm. i got that from queer cosmos colin um but like it's just <laughs> just like everything you know it's like either it's a yum for you or not like just like candle magic i think candle magic is one of the most accessible ways to get into 
just like um connecting with you know higher consciousness and it could be as simple as just I like the smell but like it's also Mm -hmm. oh I want to set this intention that I want to you know not be held back by other people's psychic trash right so it's also one of the fastest but at the same time it's one of the most dangerous as well because you get your results pretty quickly that fire element is is quite has quite a backlash to it if you're not careful and most people you know it's like doing a love spell okay you know why do you want a love spell well when you really think about it if you give somebody flowers or chocolates or a poem what have you that is a love spell that is a form of love spell but if you want this specific person and you know for this specific need then you know be careful what you ask for yeah Um, so uh again that goes back to you know people being authentic and being authentic also means owning your own crap and owning each and every action that you do and that you know some people forget that when they start dabbling into spell work and and not thinking about the consequences if i make a spell on anything it is like and i will take the consequences Mm. i have heard a good alternative to like a love spell where you're trying to cast for someone specifically it's more about like being open to love in general and like kind of a loving spirit for yourself like an open heart sort of spell versus like wanting to have because it's like less codependent right like codependency is i need you in order to feel safe whereas Mm -hmm. an open-hearted person is more accessible to the spirit world like that's how your loved ones can communicate to you through your open heart um so i don't know that's Agreed. I mean, there there is a lot to be agreed with that. There's, you know, a couple steps that I hate to bring up because I hated hearing it. You have to learn to love yourself before before you can let someone in. God, I got so tired of hearing that statement, but it's so true. It really is. And, you know, you have to be at peace with yourself and, and, you know, what you like to do. There's so many people who fall into relationships and just like, "Mm, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, until it's not. And that's why your divorce rate is so high. Mm -hmm. Um, Or that's why, you know, you have people that are staying in these abusive relationships. And when I say abusive, I don't just mean, oh, they don't, you know, pick up their socks or their underwear. I'm talking about, you know, full on violent ones and and um full-on verbal you know you are worthless type bad relationships um but it it you really do have to be okay with yourself first and know who you are before you can get into another relationship god if you bring into a child you know know who the hell you are trying to figure out who you are and have a kid I envy, I, I don't envy those people at all. I actually, you know, I, I here, can I help you, you know, type thing. But um, yeah, it, it, it's absolutely true. And some people make it work and they're more charmed than I am. That's for sure. But um, I do believe for those of us who have struggled to find relationships um, that it is, well, maybe you need to be a a different example maybe that's what you stepped into this life with to be a better example of being at one with yourself and not having that codependency and codependency is not necessarily bad because you're in a relationship you need to know how to structure you know you need to know how to walk with each other but at the same time 
do you have to do everything 24 seven? There's some people that are just chained at the hip, you know, with their, with their spouse or their, their significant other and great, but do you remember what it's like to be yourself? Do you remember what it's like to be an individual? You don't have to lose your individuality just to be in a relationship. I like the distinction of like codependency from interdependence because interdependence is what we're designed to do. And because you really do need other people doing it all on your own, you're not going to get anywhere. But like interdependence is where like two holes come together and they're working towards something. And like that could just be mutual support. Right. And so, yeah, codependence is really just like being so others focused that you have no focus on yourself. And that's where you lose Mm -hmm. the individual. And I also yeah, and- want to give props to any parent who's doing the work on themselves while parenting. Oh, yeah. Best example you can yeah. give to your kids. Hell yeah. Yeah. The, the best thing you can give your kids, if you, you know, parents who think that their kids don't notice that they're in a fighting relationship are delusional. Mm-hmm. Kids take on way more than mm-hmm. we expect. They take in and they personalize every little thing and because they're little sponges. And, and that's what they're designed to be. You know, that's how they learn. And if you you have to think about what kind of example you are being as a person for that child. Yeah. And if you are constantly fighting with your spouse, and even in, in secret, even if you're doing it behind closed doors, don't ever think that that kid won't hear it. Yeah. If you are a parent who's, you know, who is not connected to the other parent, the the other biological parent, and you're talking down about that, about that person to your child, no matter how crappy they may be, it has to be that child's decision to drop them if they need to drop them. Yeah, They need to make that choice for themselves. And that's something that may not come for quite some time. So those parents who may not be together, but still co-parent, you know, and do it and, and agree, not necessarily always agree with each other, but come to a conclusion like, okay, we've come to an understanding. This is where we're, where we're at. Kudos to that, because that right there to me is, is really good progress, you know, out in the world. But at the same time, we all forget that kids need that, those moments of being themselves and understanding that their brains are kind of maturing too and they need that those moments of to think for themselves you know and not just think or hand things off to them so there it's a very delicate balance and god I'm so glad I'm not a I'm not a mom right now but I I'm I'm more than happy to help as many people as I can good um because we just need to be more interdependent right like just having people help yeah um Okay, so let's go into your love story with Jordan, which I love so much because I'm always preaching on this podcast. You're not too old. You're not too late. It's not too late. Um, And like you met Jordan kind of later and more in the lunchtime of your life. Um, That's what I like to say. Instead of middle age, it's lunchtime of life. It's just the middle. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, uh, finished. Well, yeah, I had ended a relationship that just was not working. Um they liked me but they weren't in love with me and I I needed a little bit more and uh, I had had a major car accident and really kind of shook my brain up and myself up and I was like what am I living for so I um I planned a a long distance trip just by myself to Scotland and um through you know talking to people it wasn't completely willy-nilly 
and many, many, many people and my friends um, helped me get there to to be able to pay for it and and everything. And right up until the day, almost the day that I left, it was so much love, so much support. And finally get there, sprain my knee getting off the off the plane. And of course, I'm staying in a basement flat, so trying to get down the stairs and, you know, with my bags. And thank goodness the the woman who uh, whose Airbnb was, she is completely lovely. Lovely. I still talk to her to this day. She's awesome. Um, you know, she kind of took care of me in the sense that, okay, so you can't go to sleep until this time. So let's get you some food. Food's on me tonight. So we got some Indian food and and um, okay. So I'm walking around for two days with a sprained knee trying to, in denial, trying to say, no, you're not, it's not a sprained knee. It's just a flesh wound. It's fine. And um, in total pain, I finally reached a point where I couldn't take it anymore. And I just broke down crying. And I was talking to my friend here in the States. And I said, I think I made a mistake. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so lonely. I'm depressed. I hurt. What the hell? And she goes, hold on. Let me, let me get my friend on the, you know, on here. She's going to introduce you to to a guy who she met when she was in Scotland, and he'll help you get around. I'm like, sure, okay, no problem. Another people I got more. I got to be more social. I don't know if I could do this. And um, she introduced me to Jordan online through Messenger or something like that. And we're like, he's like, well, I mean, you're kind of far away because I'm in the Highlands, but I'll see what I can do. Let me let me try and get down to you. And um, we ended up meeting up basically on my birthday night and, um, you know, started talking and, and he's like, hey, you know, you'll get through this. It's it's OK. And it was it was very simple. And, and I actually did have a wonderful trip. And we continued to talk after that. And I found myself getting jealous, you know, because that was. Uh, we met November 5th, basically my birthday. And uh, we kept talking long after that. So through Christmas, he started dating someone and I found myself getting jealous. And we were talking almost every night. Wow. And he, uh, you know, of course, wasn't talk talking to me as much because he was with this this woman and uh, her child. And I was like, oh, this is this is good. This is good for him. Because I knew he was younger. I just didn't know how much younger at the time. And okay then that that ended poorly the relationship uh between him and her it just she went back to the baby daddy which is fine and then he got really sick i ended up going to to scotland 6 months later and by then it had felt more heavy more serious we were talking about more fun things and i kept telling him i'm too old for you and he's like mm, i don't think so I don't think so. And he talked to me about music and cars and we talked about all the things that we had so much in common. It was really quite scary. And I kept throwing out things to try and scare him away and didn't work. So I went back six months later and he uh, was getting ready to go to Bulgaria for a minute. And we kind of agreed this is getting more serious. And I tossed over my shoulder lightly. I said, that's it. I've been here twice. It's your turn. And uh, we kept talking and talking and talking more and more serious. And he ended up coming out here about six months later. 
So he was here just after Thanksgiving, a week after Thanksgiving, uh, just, yeah, in 2018. And then we found out that my dad had stage four lung cancer. And we, uh, you know, we were really connected. We worked as a team to get my dad through what needed to be done and, you know, get him through the day and to all of his appointments. And, you know, we really leaned on each other in, in the right way. We worked really well together and I felt really comfortable. And he's the only person in this world who can get, get me out of a pissed off mood and make me laugh. And that right there is golden. And so in 2019, matter of fact, we're coming up on our anniversary, uh, February 19th, 2019, uh, we got married right before his visa was up. And uh, uh, just a couple weeks later, my father passed away. But um, it's been a roller coaster ever since. And now I think we're we're hitting our five-year anniversary next month. And uh, I can't imagine him not being in my life. That's for sure. Uh, we definitely argue. We definitely have our highs and lows, but um, he allows me to be who I need to be. And I try and make sure that he is as much himself as he can possibly be, even if he doesn't always realize what he where he wants to go sometimes. Um, try and here, 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 here. <laughs> without and sometimes it's a kick in the ass but you know that's what relationships are about too sometimes but yeah it's so he's 29 and i'm 51 wow i think relationships are like our greatest learning ground like we just get these people in our lives that are here to just teach us stuff and um mm -hmm. i love that so okay so you met and were there sparks right away or was it just like, oh, he's fun to hang out with? Like, and you're like, oh, he's fun to chit chat with. And that was kind of where it was. Or did either of you have sparks? There were some sparks, you know, um, he, his words, he said, you were the most interesting person I'd ever, I'd ever met. And I'm still finding out things. He, he doesn't tell me things right away. So the longer we've been married, the more I find out about certain things. Uh, like when I was passing a kidney stone, um, later two years later, he told me that's when I when we were in the hospital when you're passing that kidney stone. That's when I knew I could marry you. I was like, what? You know? <laughs> he goes, yeah, because you were. It wasn't just all about you. It was, you know, uh, it was you were still courteous. You were kind. You know, it was just all of those things. And I was like, hmm. And yeah, so he keeps telling me little nuggets along the way but god i i have a thing for voices and i have a thing for if you line up any of the guys who i've dated you cannot see a similarity between any of them they're all very very vastly physically different and um i already liked his personality i liked his uh life you know there there's that life when you've lived life when you've had a lot of you know trauma and things just happen to you up and you know up from a young age uh there is a certain energy that comes through you know that life experience how you get uh uh street smarts and and what have you and he met mine in a lot of ways and i was like well shit if i hear this man's voice and it just resonates with me guess what i'm a goner crap this is going to suck. And sure enough, the first time I talked to him, like, 
you know, online kind of like this was like, uh, I'm screwed. Okay. You know, I'm going to fall down that, but you know, it was hard being an Island and being, you know, that self-sustaining person who had to do everything for herself, pay her own bills. You know, I was the only one who could do any of those things. And then all of a sudden hit that point where crap, I might have to open up a little bit more to be with this person. That was that was kind of humbling and scary and wonderful at the same time. So, yeah. and he's such, he's such a stone-faced bastard sometimes. He doesn't really like show all of his emotions. To some people, he's very intimidating until he starts talking to you and won't shut up. But um, he's just, he's really a great guy in, in so many ways and so charismatic. It's scary. I mean, that's Leo for you. Um, double Leo, double Leo, double Leo with a Cancer Moon. Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, well, Cancer Moon is good, uh, especially for men. I like it because, like, I like a man with some water. You know, like, because I think there's like a feeling, like an energetic, emotional feeling thing that a lot of men are just kind of trained out of, and yeah. um, just through you know toxic masculinity and that kind of stuff. But like, I feel like if you get a good like um water sign dominant and I think anytime you have a water sign on the moon like that kind of dominates the personality like that just it's just the tenderness like if if you know once you know well, the, moon, the moon is often the squishy center when you when you're talking about astrology yeah. you know the sun is is what most people know you as even if they don't know you that well it's like oh that's the, that's the personality that most people see the rising sign is what joe what you project just by walking Mm -hmm. and um then you know the ones who really know you well understand that squishy center and that's the part that most of us try and protect you know the most so not everybody's a, as in touch with the moon you know my my moon is in scorpio so no matter I, what you see is what you get and there's no protecting in that in that aspect so yeah as a Scorpio moon, absolutely. Like it is so much easier to live my authenticity than it is to like just try to hide behind something I'm not. And like I think that's where like my mental health stuff like spikes because it's like mm -hmm. no, it's easier. Just lean into this and don't don't force yourself into some fakeo box. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Before we finish, I really want to talk about. I met you right after in bulk last year. And we're yeah. coming up on in bulk this year. Uh, and will you describe what that holiday is in the wheel of the year and who Breed is and how she uh, interacts with the holiday? Well, in bulk is, there's so many ways to look at in bulk. It's, you know, some people say it's kind of like the precursor to spring. It's the, it's the lighting the fire of the spring or the spark of spring, if you will. Um, which brings to mind, you know, the fire festivals of in bulk. Uh, it's often sometimes referred to as Candlemas, and uh, everybody lights all the fires and and brings it about, you know, brings it, you know, forward through that. It's the it's the light at the end of the tunnel from the darker times, you know, of the season, if you will, um, and uh, that's kind of one of the ways that I've always seen it. It's Agriculturally, uh, agriculturally, it is also what's viewed as the ewe time. This is when, this is when, uh, you know, lambs start being born, and 
and you know all these this life is starting to stir and this new beginnings is starting to to come about um so that is one of the things that i i've always loved about in bulk in general it's just now is the time when you open up the windows no matter how cold is that it is outside on those sunny days and just let the light just shine right through light those candles for those moments of darkness when you need that okay this is what i'm focusing on this is what i need to go you know this is the direction i'm going just keep going um breed in and of itself it's it is her holiday this is her her time uh there is many different depictions of breed in general uh there's so many different some people could talk about saint breed or saint bridget or saint uh bride or there's so many different ways none of them are wrong they're all right saint bridget it's all the same thing uh the christianized version has you know, turned her into a saint, and uh, uh, Brid Bridget of Kildare, I believe, if I'm saying it correctly, and she has been seen as three different aspects. One of one version is she's three different sisters, all with the same name. One is Maid, Mother, and Crone, but one is a healer, one is a um, poet, and one is a blacksmith, and. The blacksmith is where you get the fire from. But then again, when you start thinking about the healing stuff, then then you have, you know, uh, then you have breeds well, if you will, and, and all the healing waters and all those healing aspects in there too. But she was often known also, especially as a poet in, in Celtic mythology, because the bards or the poets if you will were well renowned because they were the storytellers they were the history tellers they were the ones that created these myths and back in that time not everybody read books or they didn't have the education to or you know they weren't as well learned so they learned through these bards and these poets and so they were so well revered that it was uh, it was a, it was almost a sin to insult a poet because one sarcastic comic could curse you. It was so it, it's such a beautiful way of of you know looking at things today, but gets twisted right now. But Breed called to me uh, because she had that Hestia, that Vesta vibe, uh, the which would be the Greek and the Roman goddess of hearth and home. And she's usually seen with a flame in her hand. Well, I had gone through, you know, a breed um, vision quest at the time. And I saw that I saw a statue coming through the store that I was working through. And she had this flame. I was like, oh, wow, that's a beautiful Hestia, you know, or Vesta statue. They're like, it's not Hestia, it's breed. And I was like, holy crap. And it just, kept sitting in my brain sitting in my brain first trip to scotland what do i see over the man who over the shoulder of a man who was trying to get me to start his candle line for his store in in scotland the same exact statue so it was kind of that hello i'm here it's time to work with me now and i had always heard her stories and how she helped spark that creativity and you know bring those sparks of intuition and bring those those moments to you where um you could see you know the light through the darkness if you will and um it was just so 
beautiful to me and just really resonated with me. I'm going to share one thing. Um, and this gentleman who his name is, because I was doing a little bit of research just to make sure I was on the right trail. Um, a gentleman by the name of Shane Gadd, G-A-D-D. Um, I will give you the link for him because this is this hit me and I just started crying when um, he said it, uh, podcast, uh, four days ago, he did this, his own podcast. And I believe he's from Ireland, if I'm correct. So this is something that he channeled uh, in regards to Breed. Uh, from Dreaming the Seeds, Breed and the Burning Oak. Light a candle and lantern, and each time you do, share this story. Let it anchor your medicine space and become a beacon from which others wind and light their way. Breathe life into your people, your community, and from this flame, a thousand and more fires can and will be lit. Embers that share the same lineage, all fostering cultures, stories, all sitting around the one fire and medicine space that nourishes the land and its people, ushering them into remembrance. There are communities and collectives birthing naturally, organically, that are merging from the same simple fire. They have the, they have the same soul. Elders and guides and wisdom keepers flowing through them, watching over those medicine spaces, whispering to all, to you all, known and unknowingly, for now rest, dream, and become. Let the soft, gentle flame bring you back home to the stars and land once more. It was a channeled message that he got just in 2020. And That's it was just beautiful. It was stunning. Just yeah. absolutely stunning. And perfect for these times too, because if we're really in this together and like the world is collapsing around us, there are no precedented times left to have. Like we're just making new things. <laughs> we're, we're here to break yeah. dreams. And it is from that common ember. And like that's, we've all just been sitting around the fire for millennia since humans began. And here we are continuing to do it um alicia thank you for being on the podcast how can so people can buy candles from you through your mm -hmm. Etsy shop, which i will link below um and to book a tarot reading how do people connect with you they can call the store um and you know because because i do make all the sense and we do you know i do hand pour everything in the store um and the bills oh my god uh it's best to set an appointment yeah. but uh and i do you know, video appointments, no problem, uh, as well as just over the phone appointment, appointments as well as in-person appointments. But yeah, give the store a call, email me through, you know, naughtyfairycreations at yahoo.com and all of those lovely things. But yeah, booking an appointment is the best way to go. Usually you won't need more than 30 minutes, to be honest. I mean, quick and dirty, quick, quick and, dirty. and dirty. I love it. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your story. It was just an honor to get to be your friend. And I just absolutely love visiting your store uh, when I'm in Port Townsend. And um, you and Jordan are just truly a light in the world. Thank you for... for like I said, I, I you were a blessing to walk through that door and just remind me that these are so, you know, uh, people like yourself are, you know, guiding lights to help us through, you know, those moments when we're a little too serious or taking things a little bit too um literally and we need to step out and and start thinking at things creatively and outside the box yes absolutely oh 
Thank you. Thank you so much for your friendship and everything. You too. Thank you.